Hey everyone, welcome back to another Build Tune Race podcast. Today I am joined by a very special guest, my girlfriend, April. So she uh, went with me on race week a few weeks ago and we're going to chat about it today. Yeah, we are. So years ago, we actually went on our very first race week mm-hmm. in a little car we call Clyde. Clyde. <laughs> and uh, it was really fun. That's kind of what I built the car to go do. Gen 5 swapped. Mazda RX-2. It's a little green four-door car if you guys haven't seen it and it's just kind of built to be a driver but it runs pretty decent. It runs pretty good. It's a little compact car so six foot people coming out of the <laughs> little little car. Yep it's pretty funny seeing everybody roll around in it. Everyone looks at us like what in the heck is that car? Yeah nobody quite knows what it is. Some people do. A lot of people don't. Dotson, Mazda, what the heck is Toyota. it? Opal. Yeah, uh, yeah so a really fun little car i actually built it specifically to go do these types of events and then also give april something to race as i have a turbo camaro that's quite a bit quicker i wanted something that would be a fun car for her to just jump in drive automatic it shifts itself just real easy she could get comfortable but it turns out this car is not the easiest car to drive it actually kind of bounces around moves around short wheelbase kind of tall old suspension Yep. Yeah, I mean, you've said that it's easier to drive the Camaro, so I think I'm ready to step up a little. <laughs> so she thinks she wants to jump into the Camaro now, which we might have to get her in there with uh, it on just wastegate and then see where it goes from there. But as far as Clyde goes and Rocky Mountain Race Week, we did an event last year. We both entered into the 13.0 last year. Yeah, I think it was 13.0. Yeah, so we ended up doing 13.0 last year, and we just kind of competed against our each other as well as everybody else that was there at the event. Uh, it's an index class, so you can't go faster than 13.0. You're trying to get a 13.0 average all week long, uh, but you cannot turn in a 12.99 or faster slip. It has to be a 13.0. And on Rocky Mountain Race Week, last year was Pueblo, Denver, Kearney, Kearney, and then Julesburg, and then back to Pueblo. We, uh, a lot of different elevations, which was the same this year, and the car would go anywhere from like a mid-13 to a 12.0 in Kearney, right? Yeah, it did pretty well. Lower elevation. So you went, I think, a 12.0 last year, right? Or yeah, was it, it close was, to? It was like 12. 12.5. Was it 12.5? I thought. Yeah. No, yeah, because I, yeah, because I did the 12.0. It was like Kentucky. a whole, full second faster there. Yeah. Yeah. So then she's been chasing this 11.99 for a while, but still hasn't gotten it. But this year, it ended up going from Denver to Kearney, Great Bend, Pueblo, and back to Denver. And so similar loop, a little bit different. Uh, this year was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The weather was great. Last year it rained a bunch. This year, this it year was, was pretty warm. Perfect. But I it mean, wasn't crazy hot. No, I mean, it was it was hot, but it was like just so much better than dealing with the rain and the cold and water and coming into the y- car. Water coming into the car <laughs> and holding a little plastic muffin thing to get all the water in and, and blankets and this year it was cool because we were able to travel with your dad and Doug and Andy yep. and everyone, um, Danny a little bit. So just having that big group was awesome too. Memories made. Yeah. So the first year uh, is pretty much just us by ourselves. The, I got the car done just barely before the event. We went on it. My mom followed up. She did like the Rocky Mountain Road Week, which is a cool part of the event where if you don't want to race, but you want to follow everybody, you pay the little fee, you get your shirts, you get into the tracks all week, and you just get to watch and hang out with everybody, which there's a lot of people that do that and really have a lot of fun when you don't have a race car. You get to go do this. And like I tell everybody, what other event do you get to go do seven days straight of hot rodding? 
Like that is all you're there to do. You travel from track to track. You hang out with everybody. You stop places. You see cars. We meet a lot of people along the way. Some people we know, like this year, we kind of had our group, but there were still random people that showed up along the way that we met too, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then, so we started out day one. This year, I ended up doing the 12. Actually, this year, I ended up doing the 13.0 class, right? Yeah, you did the 13.0 and I did the 12.0 Yeah, so that was our difference. So this year, which the car had been a lot quicker now, it uh, kind of towards the end of last year, we got it to go like 1260s. So we knew pretty much have to lift every day and go 13.0. And then April, then she was trying to go after that 1199. So she went after the 12.0 class, knowing that like in places like Bandemir and Pueblo, it won't go 12.0 because of elevation. But at the better tracks, it, w- it you had the possibility of going 12.0 to possibly 1199. Right. I was pretty close, but I didn't get there. Yeah. So day but let's one. Let's just talk about you being like not being able to lift. Like how yeah. many passes <laughs> you would make in a day. It was insane because he has a lead foot and he can't let off the pedal. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> in Denver, April went up. She did her first pass, at, you know, mid 12. I was like, OK, I'm going to go out there around the thousand foot and lift. Well, I went out to about 1300 foot about 20 foot to the mm, end i think you and ran then lifted it out right the there and not even close go back again about you know a little right around the thousand foot and it, i mean i lifted further and further and it still kept going mm-hmm. like 12 80s and 1285 1290 then the very last pass at the very end of the day i finally lift enough and it goes like a 13 which what was that your or, fifth pass yeah it yeah. was like 13 two or something or it, it might have been actually i think it went 13 zero eight or something like that it was really close because i was like holy cow i thought i lifted way way early and mm, didn't quite it was get like it. right on it yep exactly so ended up calling it there loaded up went back to the hotel next morning we got up so this year was a little different from any other year matt chose to do all evening races so start at like three or four in the afternoon race till about nine or ten and then go back to the hotel so it's already started off to be a late night go back to the hotel i start editing some video to get out and then you know take shower get ready for bed all that stuff probably i, I think, think it was like two o'clock every yeah morning, it was probably late. two or three for you every every day you were trying to edit video and stuff but yeah it was long nights and to, other than on race week you have two drive days that's why it's a seven day event uh four tracks and five actual race days so we did that i went by, through like wendy's drive through at like one almost in the morning with the trailer oh, yeah. behind the mazda and everything that. it was so funny <laughs> uh but that's part of it so the first year we used a roof bag to transport everything but weighed the car down quite a bit this year i bought a little three by five trailer built a tow hitch for the car everything so we're towing it that that worked out a lot better so whenever we got to the track we just unhooked the trailer not have to unload the car yeah i mean you didn't have to take the tires off the roof or anything like that which yeah you're not have to lift everything up and yeah one time isn't bad when you do it twice a day for seven days it gets to be a little old for sure uh but we had everything so we finished up day one you ended up with what was your first day pay like a mid 12 i think it's 12 6 on the mountain i think is what it yeah. went or something mm-hmm. the car the car is not the most consistent with the six speed and just everything that does literally the it cooled down and picked up like two tenths so it, a lot of stuff variables uh make this car change quite a bit really compared to some other stuff 
Uh, but we got past that. My dad ended up doing pretty well, which I plan on doing a podcast with him, hopefully talking about the Buick here in the future too. So watch out for that. And if you guys want to keep up to date on that stuff, make sure you hit that follow, maybe leave us a little review on the podcast. It helps us out. But anyway, back to it. Day one was complete hotel late at night, wake up the next morning. And every day we pretty much try to shoot to start about 7am. Yeah. Seven. But you know, I do, I do like the evening racing way better than the day racing. It's, it gets cooler, you know, much faster. Your first pass or two, it's still pretty hot out, but then from there on yeah, out, it's much cooler. I mean, cooler. it's perfect. Way better than, like, you getting out at the track at 9 a.m. and just dealing with heat all day. Yeah, I mean, you only have to deal with two hours, three hours of the heat compared to all day. All day, yeah, which is which can be pretty rough. Uh, the drive from Denver to Kearney, both years, has been a long very drive long with drive. with what usually like some sort of an issue or 13 hours yeah so this year we actually left denver go up into the mountains which is the opposite direction from carney that's almost a two hour-ish drive up through the mountains through checkpoints if you haven't ever seen race week or drag week or anything you have to hit checkpoints along your drive days to prove that you took the route there's no interstate driving it's usually back roads paved two-lane highways 55 mile an hour ish uh, style speed limits kind of like old school traveling it's not really like new hop on an interstate and just head that way so i think based on google maps or whatever if you drove straight through it'd be like six and a half seven hours it took us 13 and a half hours of travel time probably around 11 and a half 10 and a half to 11 and a half hours of driving and then the rest is eaten up from stopping at checkpoints with us having a group. We actually, our buddy Danny, he kind of had to check out early, had a bunch of stuff he had to check out on the car. And then he ended up catching up later, thank goodness. And you got stuff figured out there. But the motion guys in the motion marquee, if you guys haven't seen that up, that build series or I guess the video series that we put together for that, it's on their YouTube channel on Motion Resource. But we bought this $1,600 beater and took it on this week-long trip with us. They followed along. The Buick was behind us, and we pretty much led the whole week. We were, like, navigating, and everybody was following us, so we yeah. told everybody early. Talk about being stressful, <laughs> and I told everyone from the beginning, if we take a wrong turn, do not get mad at me because I suck <laughs> at navigation. So I made it very clear that we might go the wrong way. The only time I think we really did anything is kind of – is because of construction and big old mess was the roundabout coming down from yep. the mountain that day. Otherwise, the rest of the week we were pretty yeah, much yeah. That was really the only pretty much an elder confusion, but it was just confusing how the construction was going on in the roundabout, and and we ended up navigating out yep. of there. Well, it just added a little bit longer to the trip because you kind of turn the wrong way and then you turn back around and go back to where you were at and then head back the other way. Yeah, who was driving at that point? I can't even remember. I w I'm pretty sure I, I was. I think you were too. And then up through the mountains, beautiful drive. Yeah. Amazing drive. But you're climbing way up into the mountains through tunnels, Very semis. Like this is stuff that even in a normal, typical car, you're you're paying attention. It's it's a drive. You're yeah. It's not something that you're just. You have to pay attention. You, I mean, if you're not paying attention, you might drive off <laughs> the mountain. <laughs> yeah, you got, and then cars coming the other way, and really cool town up there called Blackhawk that's kind of hidden up in there, and we drove past that. Came down the other side, and then it was out east to Kansas yep. and Nebraska. Is that where we took the picture in front of the fries? Yeah, that was the first checkpoint. Was yeah, up on the, the up on the top there. 
So then we came back down, grab some gas, you know, grab some food as we can. Just you try to find somewhere along the route. The route that they give you is not like Google Maps, plug it in. It is a list of directions. More, yeah, it's like if your buddy was like, what you're going to do is go over here. Harmony. Yeah. For, and then in three miles, turn left on 96. Yep, yeah. So they just kept. That's all that it is. miles on whatever, you know, it just keeps going. Yeah, on it's a on. turn right, a turn left, and this many miles. And then to you do will it. come upon fries, and you're going to This take is your checkpoint. So you pull up, take your picture of your car in front of it. And then, so that was pretty good. Everything went smooth. I mean, we, we probably clocked in four to five, maybe six solid hours. I think it was probably six to seven hours. And then coming up to one of our checkpoints later in this Sterling, Colorado, we ended up pulling in. I just got done talking to my dad. Hey, everything's good. Yeah, yeah. And then he lost his fans. So we mm-hmm. had a little bit of a setback there. Took us a little while. Which and that we, was about two hours. Just trying to find a fan was. Yeah, we had a, you know, you have to get somebody least, to help you and yeah. run and grab there it. There was, what, four or five parts stores in that little town. So it ended up working out you know yeah we grabbed overnighted you know doug was like we'll overnight you some fans and then we can make sure everything's good but that's kind of how that works along the route is if you have issues you just do what you can to get it patched back up so you got that good and then again it was a lot of just traveling down the road it's just a long long drive and i like i tell everybody if you make that drive in your race car street car whatever you want to call it it's it's legit like mm-hmm. if you're willing to drive that drive in whatever you're driving, th- it doesn't. There's no reason it can't go further, more anywhere you want to really drive it because mm-hmm. that's literally a full day of driving. Time-wise, that's like us leaving Colorado and driving to Houston. We don't travel near that much, but that's it's about a 14-hour worth of traveling. And we ended up getting in there, left at 7 a.m. I think we got in there around 11.30, which there's an hour that you lose because of the time and stuff like that. Got in there. We called around. Doug found a place that was, like, open to feed us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) grab some food, head back to the hotel. The next morning is when we kind of did some of the editing there. Dad got fans, started doing some of that. The motion guys got a nitrous kit, installed that in the parking lot the next, or you know, at the they, track. Yeah, but they got like rid of all of their weight, so the back seats, the carpet, just gutted the thing. Gutted it. Well, like I was working on some videos and stuff that morning. Everybody, this is kind of the nice thing about that having the evening races. We had five, six hours right there just to kind of kill in the morning before we had to head to the track, grab some food, head out to the track, get there, set up. And then get ready to race. Mm-hmm. So we pull up and we do our normal thing, right? Yeah. Unhook the trailer, tires, swap tires. We have swap tires and then just make sure, you know, get get our suitcases out of the car and whatever helmets, whatever that is in there that probably shouldn't be in there. Cooler, like everything, get your waters out. Uh, along the way, one of us ended up picking up a canopy. Actually, my dad did. And then we had uh, a little Pete canopy. Did. Pete was over. Yeah. <laughs> Once you realize, you're like, yeah, should we take one? I was going to take one this year. And I was like, ah, you know, it'll be all right. And then as soon as you got to do something somewhere and actually work yeah. on the car and you're just you're getting right. beat on by the sun, you're like, yep, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll sacrifice w- the pulling of a I was totally like, oh, no, we don't need a canopy. But yes, yes, we do need a canopy. And <laughs> you always need shade because just sitting in the sun just burns and burns your skin. And... So for anybody that hasn't done this trip, 
this year would have been fine. We probably could have made the whole trip on drag radials. We had no rain. No rain. At all. Last year, though, that 14-hour drive was in the rain the entire time. And, like, heavy rain. It was pretty miserable. So we take a set of street tires that we drive on and swap to our drag radials at the track. We could we could run on the regular race tire, the street tires too. The car does fine on that, but I think last year they said, you know, you got to run a race tire, keep the prep good. This year they were letting people run on a regular hard tire, so that that's something to also think about that we could probably get by with. Not if we didn't have to carry that extra set of tires, but if you happen to get a flat or anything out along the road, right, you're also nice carrying your spares. Like yeah. we could get by with the radials if we needed mm-hmm. to. I carry a spare front runner just because it's a rare kind of tire for size and everything. The only thing that would fit the car. And I just take it in the trailer as if we had to limp it, like take one of the radials, stick it on the front, try to limp it to a tire place, have them swap it out, whatever it is. But at least we kind of carry what we need with us. Extra fuel pump, some tools, a jack, stuff like that. Uh, we have this little you know, jump box with a compressor, lights in it, stuff like that that we have to unload and load every time that we're at the track but you have to it's kind of two evils don't take anything and if you need anything you're gonna get screwed and or take everything and then you gotta haul everything yeah i i don't think we haul as much stuff as some people do we also have a lot more reliable vehicle right we're pretty conservative with what we bring but what we do bring is exactly what we need at the time that we need it yeah it's it's the things that there's stuff that could pop up which later this week it did pop up and get us but there's things that and you can't take everything but like i know there's certain things that you just can't get along the road or at a at a parts store or whatever so that's the stuff i try to carry the rest of it i guess if you get stranded somewhere you could overnight it or do what you can do to get it there but so we got through that got to carney next day we were running and yeah, I think racing, like, that's, you know, an awesome part, but I think the most relaxing part of race week is the drive days. Yeah. You just get a, it helps reset, but now race week 2.0 is coming up, and right. it's a five race days, four tracks in five days, drag week style, so you race every day and drive every day, but there's not going to be a 14-hour drive along that. The tracks are a lot closer together. Still could be, you know, four to seven-hour drives evening races so i'm still curious to see how that's coming about if you guys don't know matt's doing a race week 2.0 uh since drag week was canceled kind of i think it's tulsa topeka noble oklahoma great bend and then back to tulsa and more to come on that we're still trying to figure out all of our plans and how we're going to make that work this year but carney went smooth Mm -hmm. for us everything went pretty good you went 12-0 i did go (laughs) 12-0 <laughs> and hanging on to that 12.0. I still e- need that 11.99. Yeah, and I did you go back up and try again after the 12? Yeah, I did try, but I was having the problems with the car because remember it would just like lean out on me and that's where it, it was it, the, it, the first time it started. Yeah, the and then filter. we went to Great Bend and it fought us that whole it time. It fought the whole time. So we ended up finishing up that track day. She went 12.0. I I didn't have a great. I think I had 13, 2, or 5 or something. I just took it, and we went with it because it was getting late at the day, and there was some weather that came in and left throughout that day a little bit. Loaded up, went back to that same hotel, woke up the next morning 7 a.m. to head towards Great Bend, Kansas. And, again, real good drive in the morning, nice and cool. Heat started rolling in, but it, it, that was a super good drive. Like yeah, We got there quick. quick. 
uh, we went through our two checkpoints. The one checkpoint was super cool. It was this like car, uh, like a junkyard, like yeah, an, old an old classic junkyard. old junkyard with all these old classic cars that were super cool. Pulled in there. They had waters and hot dogs for everybody. So hung out there for a little bit, hopped back in the car, finished out that, got to the hotel, even checked in before the evening race. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of weird that we had this extra time there. Everything went smooth with everybody's cars. We actually had Trevor from Motion Off TV, uh, Junkyard Dave. We had some extra people. So that drive was super cool. There's uh, multiple moments along that week that you just like look out the window or take right. a picture of something because you look back and there's just eight cars following you and it's all these hot rods pulling right. trailers and high horsepower stuff. Yeah, the cool thing is is like we're the we're um leading it. So being able to like look behind us and see everyone, you're just like dang like this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun just being a part of it. traveling in a group is awesome. I think too big of a group could be a pain because if a lot of people have issues yeah, just pulling it's gonna in delay out. everybody. But I mean that's where the understanding comes in. Like, you know, if you have a spark plug problem like dude we're gonna get on the road you hang out do your thing and you'll catch up to us i mean and everything th works out yeah and that happens because the thing is is what if then the next person has an issue like if we would have waited earlier that day for two hours for them to get their car running and then my dad's two hours we would have been rolling in at like three or four in the in morning, morning yeah. it would have been really rough so you kind of have to play Play what you can do as long as they're good. They got what they need. Great. Keep moving. Or if somebody needs something. Yeah, it's just communication. That's I mean, it. whatever that person needs at that time is what's important. And then you do what you got to do. Yep. And then we ended up getting to Great Bend, unloaded. And then that's kind of where our issues really started with the car. I went out there, kind of pedaled it. And I, since I was lifting, I didn't even feel an issue with the car. And then we brought it back around. April got in it. Could have go make her pass. And I watched it and i could see it like cough and sputter and mm -hmm. spit and you'd lift and get back in it start running okay then cough sputter mm -hmm. spit and we're like what is going on so i went back and you and know like never i tell a good pass yeah we just it was like going downhill and like i tell everybody it's not the tune usually whenever everything stays the same and then something pops up usually it's mechanical well i tell that people that all the time and what do i do I go start looking at the tune. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what it could be, this or that, or whatever, blah, blah. So just to make sure something didn't go weird, I rewrote the tune. I changed the torque management. I thought maybe the car started making a little extra power since it was at the best altitude it probably would have had all week, thinking that hopefully it was going to go that, you know, 11. I, th I think it should have went 1180 is pretty easy. Oh, I think track. so. I think, it, it, I think it had great potential to go 1190s for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think no problem there. Uh, the track was good. Everything seemed great, but the car was just running weird. Changed that, went out and tried to run it again. Went out and changed it, ran it again. Still nothing. Just trying to look look at everything, figure everything out. And then we just kind of, we both had a bad, bad day there. Like Right. At that point, you know, you're just like, let's, you know, let's call it a day. I mean, it is what it is. It wasn't getting any better. Right. So we headed to Pueblo. I was like, well, I know the car will run good in Pueblo no matter what, like, it's, it's done great there. No issues. We'll just get it back to there. See. So we headed out the next day towards Pueblo. Another pretty quick drive. We got back by a pretty good time. That was actually a drive day, so we weren't needing to get anywhere real fast that right, night to race. Yeah. We had the whole day to drive. We stopped at this cool little, like, fort thing and mm -hmm. hung what out with everybody and Morgan? walked around it. Is that what it was called? Fort what? Morgan? Uh, 
I can't remember. Yeah, it's some sort of fort out there <laughs> in Colorado. <laughs> I'm totally wrong. And I'm sure. it's all these little back roads and everything to get there, and you just pop up, and this thing's out in the middle of nowhere. So I didn't even know it existed, and it's only an hour away from us. <laughs> yeah. So got got back close to the, the house here, and everything was good. Kind of hung out with the emotion guys here at the house, went and had dinner that night. You know, in the morning, we woke up and did some mods to the old Grand Marquis. And try to get it even that faster was and do some so funny just so to watch <laughs> some more just stuff just to watch them drill holes into like the front bumper the speed the, the speed holes oh gosh just the the randomest stuff that I just have never seen anyone do because you are so kind and caring and like want everything to be so nice and and they are too but like consider with that thing they with didn't that care. thing yeah I mean that's what Wally's just there to try to go faster that, yeah. and it's a $1,600 car. I mean, it's living its best <laughs> life right now. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, definitely living its best life. Uh, a few less parts on it, but definitely living its best life. So we did that. I mean, did exhaust in like 15 minutes, did all that other crap, pulled some weight out, more weight out of it, pulled the hood off of it. And we're like, Oh, well we're done. I guess we can go get some good lunch. Ate some lunch. Great time. Like got to hang out and then headed to the track. Got there by a decent time. Again, same pattern unload. Always good. Change tires. Change tires. Go up lane. there. Here we go. It should run good. And it doesn't. It did the same thing. It did the exact same crap. Just wouldn't do a, a complete pass. So what I noticed is whenever I ran it, I was just trying to pay more attention to it. So, you know, launch the car, go out there first, second, around third gear. It would start, like, lugging and chugging and just fighting itself and back and forth. Well, I stayed in it, stayed in it, stayed in it, and it, it just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it which I think ended up causing us an issue a little bit later uh, the next day. But I ended up lifting out of it, getting back in it. So it's like the fuel was able to get caught up, and then it ran okay. So mm -hmm. I was like, huh, that's weird. Well, the back of the car is kind of covered, you know, from road grime and dirt and everything else. Well, I go back, and I was like, I'm going to look at the fuel filter. Maybe <laughs> that's the problem. And I start wiping off the fuel filter, and I'm wiping, and I'm wiping, wiping some more. I'm like, well, it's got to be clean by now. So I reach up and I tap on the, the filter and I can like see dirt float and settle back into the filter. Filthy. It was it was I've a never lot seen anything that like that. It taught like it was like rocks, sand, dirt, I mean everything in that freaking filter. So ended up having an having a filter brought to me, swap that out real quick, and right back to the way it, that Clyde should have been running yeah, the whole week. It was perfect. And if only, if only we caught that in Great Bend. Yeah, in Great Bend. But who knows how that situation would have worked out if we would have even gotten a filter or anything like right. that. But just to like even think about getting under the car and like looking and being like, well, now we know what our issue is. I would have been able to get my pass, but <laughs> everything happens Once again, for a reason. It'll make it more more yeah, sweet when you actually get it. It'll be more rewarding, I guess. We'll try and say. So on that note, now uh, I didn't have one filter brought to me. I have two, so I put one new one in, and one now travels with the car. I ended up hearing that quite a few people had some fuel issues, so I think there was a lot of dirty fuel. That's, yeah, I think along that's the route. what they said. Um, I think Matt said that that was like the biggest issue the whole week was. Some people Pumps are getting some and bad fuel. And yeah. you're stopping at little bitty gas stations wherever Vapor you can lock. get it. It's not like you can pick and choose so much, especially with like the cars like the Buick that only can make it about 100 miles. You try to go about 80, and then the next pump you see, you're pulling into type of yep. a deal. 
So we did really well with that, though. I mean, our communication was on point when it was like, all right, like, let's pull in, you know, like we, we were all on the same it. page. So that was what was cool is like you knew exactly pretty much when your dad was yeah, I think ready he's to gonna get be gas pull in and then we get a phone call. <laughs> yeah, the hey. next stop, you see. Yeah, so or text, you know, and. And some people like him, he carries like five gallons of extra fuel in case you get stuck between gas stations or whatever. You can, you know, throw an extra five in, 10 miles to the gallon, 12 miles a gallon, get you another 50, 60 miles. It works out pretty well. So some of that, if you guys ever think about doing an event like that, is always something to keep in mind is what do you need in case of those type of things. Yeah, that's why having a trailer is a positive because you can feel comfortable carrying fuel. Yep. Because I don't think I would feel comfortable with it being inside there. Yeah, just carrying a bunch of fuel inside the car with you. We ended up, so after the fuel filter swapped out, you ended up going like 1260, which is what it always runs there, 1270 or something like that. (laughs) And then I jumped in it, pedaled it at around that 1,000 foot mark, went like a 1305, one of the very last passes of the night, just kind of held Mary. We were there. Let's just try to get something a little better. It was a late night, and your dad was trying really hard to get a better number too, and the track was trash i mean it was it destroyed. was good and then it went away quick well, and yeah and it always does i mean yeah that's, that's just, just kind of how it is here yeah so and then <laughs> it just went out there and did the same thing i think it went didn't your didn't it go slower that time for you or what's that the mazda well i lifted and it went right at a 13 which is what oh, i needed right. so okay that like right. that was a really good pass for me Called it. Great. Everything's good. Super happy. Mazda's back on point. Load mm-hmm. up. Head home. Get ready for the next stage. We got to drive to Denver from Pueblo. Get there and race to finish this thing out. Load up. Head out. Not a not a bad drive. Leave at 7. You know, Almost hit a deer. Yeah. Predicted to get there. So as we're driving up through there, I notice that I'm why like the tranny, April's driving and we get into Springs, which is about 45 minutes out and she goes to hit the gas and like the car wants to pull through. Ooh, I was yeah. like, what? And I was like, I she, didn't, I didn't do, do that. that. That wasn't me. I was like, that's weird. So we pulled in this other place and it kind of jerked and chugged. I was like, ah, that's weird. And, and anybody that knows the six L eighties, they feel super weird. You got to like pull the plug, have it running, let it drip out. That's how you fill it. So it's not really off of a dipstick or anything. So I just was like, well, I'll just put like a quarter or two in it. We'll see what it does. So I think I put like a quarter or two. I can't really remember in it way better fixed it sweet that's kind of weird though that it's starting to eat up trans fluid but maybe maybe it just maybe it's got a little leak and it's just gotten there ended up driving a little bit further start slipping on us more shifting weird acting up i'm like gosh dang it here we go so i go in get a little bit more maybe it needs just some more maybe it needs another quart oh it did as i'm i filled it up and then i looked at the trailer and i saw oil all over the rear bumper of the car and all over the trailer i was like ah crap here we go (laughs) so look under the car and the car is coated with transmission fluid completely Mm -hmm. coated so still kind of not something we got we got a leak somewhere so i put probably three or four quarts in it and we made it a ways up into the mountains and then it starts acting up again so pull over put some more in it so this thing is eating between here and denver probably a five or six quarts of trans fluid easily easily. uh stop somewhere do that well along this route we're just cruising along the tree line up in the mountains and this deer pops out and decides we were probably i will i was half asleep i know you were too we're just cruising everything's calm i think we're even 
listening to music and I just happened to start filming just turned the camera on and probably I don't even know like 30 seconds into me filming the the deer pops out in front of us we you I grab you and I'm <laughs> like like freaking out and um you're you just like locked up the trailer and that was a little sketchy but you recovered well the brakes on the on the Mazda are like they're they're manual brakes or it's a race car they're not right. some crazy power brakes or anything so right. I grabbed some like the deer looking back at the video I didn't even see it it's like a white tail but it's like walking along the side of the road we're just cruising you know not like real fast I think 45ish yeah I think we we're 45 and then literally we get probably 50 feet from it and it just turns a 90 degree and decides it's going to cross the I road I didn't even see it though until I didn't see it, it until it turned 90 until it was in the middle of the road pretty much <laughs> yeah and then it just comes out so i like get on the brakes a little bit we were a lot of it and then i locked it up we were probably about a foot away from hitting it yeah it was extremely close there's a video we have the youtube channel and everything and you guys can see the video it's even in the thumbnail you know we almost totaled the mazda i think is what i titled <laughs> yeah. it so if you guys want to see what we're talking about go check out the youtube video give us a subscribe while you're at it if you will but we did all that, uh, so that that gets your heart racing, kind of every. And then I had a bunch of people behind me. Thank goodness it didn't screw them up. Nobody yeah. was like too close or going too fast. That definitely woke me up. Yeah, everybody was. I mean, you're coming into the end of the trip. You're like, okay, it's all good. Just making that last little cruise, just enjoying yeah. the the scenery or looking around, and then falling asleep. <laughs> there's a dang deer in the road. Yeah. Well, then we had to stop again shortly right after to fill up the trans fluid. Yep, more so. trans fluid. So we get to Denver, and I, as I'm driving in, I'm like, you know what? It's not worth us filling up the tranny with fluid, and then if you go out there or I go out there and somebody makes a pass in it and it really pushes the seal out of it, which it, it ended up, once we got up there, cleaned it up, and I ran the car, it was pushing a lot out of it. I was like, we just won't But even. you were trying. I think you're like you really wanted to make a pass i mean i like, wanted to finish the week out with a real pass yeah and i did too but i was more like yeah i'm all right so that was kind of my thought is if it goes out there it pushes the sill out bad gets under the tires we're gonna total the car yeah well I mean, we already had bad luck with the happen. deer already to that day it yeah. just wasn't our day and then so what i'm thinking is when the when the mazda was you know back and forth back and forth fighting itself for fuel that was causing like the drive lane to like shock tight, shock tight, and I think that probably was bouncing the drive shaft a little bit. And the drive shaft does have some vibration in the chassis, so that might not help. But I think that's what kind of knocked the seal out of the car. So it ended up being the rear main seal on the transmission, where the drive shaft goes in. It was just, it was just puking it out. If you fired the car up, it just sprayed all over the place. Yeah. I uh, talked to James Tall, and he's like, you know, just seal it up and try to send it. We put a bunch of silicone, so I jacked the car up, cleaned it with uh, brake clean, trying to do everything we can. I put a big old bead of this really good s silicone stuff, let it set up for the most part. Maybe it didn't sit there long enough, but, I mean, it had been a couple hours. Was, I mean, we needed to – if we're going to do something, we needed to kind of do it right. at that point and go to fire the car up, and it just – I even wrapped towels around it just in case we go make a hit, just – contained as much all of it hopefully and it just soaked the rag and started dripping off of it within you know 15 yeah. seconds it was it ran for it. no time so i was like well i think we're good i mean there's no sense and then the other part was we could be those guys or the that guy and girl or whatever that goes out there and makes a pass knowing our stuff is hurt and spray oil down the whole track 
shut the track down for who knows how many hours and ruin it for everybody else and it just no not worth it like no, why not. we're not we weren't competitive because we, we had other issues knew we had even if i was sitting in first so place blind. i mean i might have tried to really wrap some rags around it but it just yeah. that's just the way that it was so not, I'm not competitive even, at all in our either classes so and didn't want to be those people that ruin it for everybody else so yeah, we just got up there our safety we uh there's a thing where you just break the beams you take your 20 second penalty and that's what we did to finish this out. So I went up, broke the beams. April went up, broke the At beams. At least we were able to break the beams. We made it. Yeah. 1,300 and whatever miles. We still, we drove it home. <laughs> we d- And then filled it up with some more transfluid and drove it home. So actually to start out the event, we drove from Pueblo to Denver, right up the interstate, 75 mile an hour. You know, so all in all that week was like 1,500 miles is what we ended up driving yeah. in this little car. And still makes pass. I need to put a new hopefully rear seal in it i haven't fixed it yet but i'm sure that's all it needs we ended up getting on the burnout truck and going and doing some stuff with that which you guys will hear about here soon that was pretty fun but as far as race week goes that was mostly the end of the trip uh another great great time amazing people having fun racing the car i mean i don't know what else you can ask for for a week of week of having fun yeah it was it was pretty awesome what what is some of the your favorite parts of race week is it is it the people is it the racing is it everything i think it's like driving on the road like just those like longer drives i are just relaxing for me like when we were cruising through those rolling hills Mm -hmm. and we had the the cars behind us it's just looking back and be like dang like this is so cool and just the shots and the video like the the rolling bead roll was so freaking badass like I just love the the scenery and of that. Like seeing the road and the people and the little towns, the people wait oh, like yeah, that people was, waving at you driving through is, is super that's cool. That's even better, yeah. That's pretty eagle. Like the most random people come out of like shops and restaurants. What is this thing? Like talking about the Mazda or one of the other cars that are with us or what what the heck is going on? I've seen so many cars come through today mm-hmm. and then you explain it to them. They're like, This is so awesome and I you know, you think through it. That's probably the first time in ever they've lived in these little itty bitty towns that all these hot rods are coming through. Mm-hmm. It's something they've never ever seen or experienced come through their town, which is super cool. Yeah, I love when the the kids or just people on the side of the road with their signs and Rocky Mountain Race Weekers have a drink on us, and it's it's cool to see people like giving back and the excitement that they get just from watching us drive our cars. It is, and it's that simple, too, and anybody, I tell people, like, if you're going to try to do race week, January 1st, because usually it's, like, June, like, plan on having your car done months prior. We got it done, we got it done with not a lot of time, and we made it, but even the first year, we, like, lost brakes, and there were some things that I changed up for this year, and it was a lot better, a lot safer, stuff like that, but plan on being done way early. You're not just going to go to the track and run your car. It always sounds nice. It always sounds good. We were planning on being (laughs) done a month and a half early, and that didn't work out. We were done, like, the night before. I was still putting a trailer on the car day before this year. Yeah. (laughs) So you still end up working on it right You're a last-minute type person. (laughs) But it gets knocked out. You're like, oh, you know, I could do that tomorrow. No big deal. (laughs) It really is such a fun event. it's hard to take a week to go do it, but it's memories you'll have. Yeah, forever. if you have any ability to just say, I'm going to step out for a week and just... Take my hot rod on a drive. Yeah. 
Like you don't even have to have a hot rod. I mean, you really don't. Like literally, you could take your daily and probably and just have just as much fun. And I say that to people, and they're like, "Oh, well, I don't know." There's people that do it. You're yeah. not going to be the only one that shows up with like a daily I driver mean, that does hey, the just event. think about it. I mean, if you start at ele- like higher elevation, you go down to lower elevation, you can see what it runs. Like, I mean, you could find a thrill somehow, some way. You can also it. be the car that helps the bigger, faster cars out when they need somebody to run and grab a fuel filter or a fan or whatever. You can be the car that can run, grab that, bring it back. You got heat AC. Some of that would be, I would love to do that week with right. with AC in a car. It'd be sick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of if you've ever driven like a motorcycle and you're you know drive for an hour straight at seventy five mile an hour, just that sound and wind and stuff is kind of cool in a car, but also it beats on your ears all week. But it, you just kind of get that feeling of just nothing's going on. I have nowhere to really be other than to the next track to race my car. Mm-hmm. And that's where 200 plus other cars are headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the best part is just seeing other people like that are in the group. You stop anywhere along that route for any amount of time. You're going to see other people pass you, go by wave. Something that we learned early on the first year was the thumbs up, thumbs down, which is probably the coolest thing out of all of it. It's just camaraderie and people being good people and everything is if you have an issue and you break down uh, and you're along the side of the road, people are going to stop for you. They are going to pull over and stop. And they instantly. Instantly. Like right away, and people are going to try to help people, you. people, like if that person doesn't have it, have it then the next person's going to stop and it's just going to keep. Try to help you out to get it going. So if you're broke down the side of the road but you're good or you're just taking a break or whatever it is, if cars are coming up on you, you give them a thumbs up to keep traveling. If you need something, you give them a thumbs down, and then they'll stop, and they'll see what you need. The first year we did that, we didn't know this, and I had like eight cars parked trying to help us until somebody's like, hey, give them a thumbs up if you're good. I was like, oh, all right. So one of us stood there and kind of was giving thumbs up uh, to, to take care of letting people know, just keep rolling. It, that's probably the coolest thing is you just – all these people are there to help and everybody's mm-hmm. there to, to make it through the week. Right. And that's what it comes down to is just getting through the week. It doesn't matter how fast you go. No. Fastest car, slowest car of the week. No, it doesn't it, matter. It's just kind of feels like an achievement almost. Like, oh, it's wow, 100%. like I actually made it through this 1500 mile road trip that racing, you know, Dude. the climate, like the weather, you know, just. Do the week in a daily driver. You're going to get done with that week and be like, dang, that was a long week. Yeah. Let alone do it in a race car. Yeah, you would probably, hot rod. You'd probably be like, man, I'm going to do this all the time. <laughs> Why do those idiots over there not have AC? <laughs> Heated seats. All the, all the good stuff. But it would still be a, a track. It would make be. It. I mean, yeah. just that many, hour, that many hours, that many days racing at each track. It's a lot of work no matter what you're in. Right. So props to the people that really do it in the crazy cars that have issues and fight it all the way through and all that stuff, which seeing some of those people do that is, is pretty neat too. It makes me want to, everybody's like, when are you going to take the Camaro? When are you going to take the Camaro? I, maybe, maybe next year. Maybe. At Rocky Mountain Race Week, we'll take the Camaro. I, I got to, it's a lot to do. I mean, you kind of have to plan the car out and it's a lot of wear and tear on your parts, but it it's worth it. When you get done, I mean, you could probably spend a ton of money, and at the end of the week, you're going to be like, it was worth it. You hope you don't spend a ton, like if you had to break stuff and fix it and all that, but mm-hmm. whatever money it costs to get the car done and get it there and 
I love the fact that that type of event was what we used as our first like outing with Clyde because now I'm not afraid to drive the car anywhere, anywhere do anything like that with it's him. so reliable until the rear transmission still goes out but that's well. like tw- three that's probably like 5,000 miles yeah. worth of driving and then that's the first like kind of issue issue and right. still hey, you just pour I mean, fluid in it and it'll yeah. still drive I mean it wasn't able to get fuel and it just Still drove us though. Yeah. It all worked out. It all worked out. So that is kind of our recap. I hope you guys enjoyed it from Rocky Mountain Race Week. There's actually 2.0 going to happen here soon. Uh, so we got to figure some stuff out there. But again, I mean, it's an event. Definitely Rocky Mountain Race Week. You know, that June timeline, we will make it every single year. I don't I don't know of us missing it for any reason. No. Unless there's something major or whatever. But yeah. Uh, as, as long as we can, we will. A yearly event we're gonna go to. Yeah, it's a year. Uh, it's kind of it, you need a vacation after it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told everyone too. Everyone was like, "How was your vacation?" And I was like, "Uh, it technically wasn't a vacation. <laughs> like now I'm ready to go on vacation. Now I need a vacation. Yeah, it's a lot of work for like, that. Like let's week. go to Mexico, hang out on the beach now, and have some margaritas. <laughs> yep, that's what it feels and like you need to do after a week. But it it's an amazing week. So. Again, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another Build Tune Race podcast. Thank you, April, for talking about it with me and spending a week with me racing and doing all the cool car stuff that we do. And if you guys want to hear more, make sure you hit that subscribe, follow, whatever button that is on a podcast of whatever platform you are on. And thank you again. Thanks, guys. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.